Hello and welcome to Silverlight Studies, a podcast where I don't have an introduction still. I just talk about the Cosmere pretty much in full. All spoilers, except not all the time. Uh, I'm Sean. And I'm Gavin. Yes, yes, joined by Gavin uh, again, as I have been for the last... Uh, a couple episodes of this unofficial Road to the Lost Metal. I haven't <laughs> called it the Road to the Lost Metal on any uploads, but that's what I've been that's calling what you it just in my head. It, so that's what it is. Yeah, I've been calling it in my <laughs> head as well. Like, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm just a little, I'm just a we're little. We're inching uh, there. I mean, you know, yeah. by the time we're recording this, I mean, it's yeah, coming I mean, out tomorrow. <laughs> literally hours away from the Lost Metal at this point. Uh, yeah, so this is going to be coming out like on Thursday. Okay. Uh, so. Just so everybody knows, Lost Metal's out. I know we have not read it at this point. <laughs> Actually, I had to take a couple notes out because I've been reading the preview chapters and <laughs> I could not in good faith bring up theories that I have that have been confirmed or denied by the preview chapters. No, and if I if I say anything, don't confirm no, or deny not, them I, either. I'm not going I'm staying to, don't blind. worry. Uh, I, I do know about the first quarter of the book because I've, and really, I've skimmed the preview chapters, so I don't know everything, but <laughs> I, I've, I've skimmed through the preview chapters as they've been coming out, so I do know a little bit about the Lost Metal at this point. Um, but the last thing I'll say before we jump into Bands of Mourning is uh, in relations to Lost Metal, while I'm reading it, I'm going to be kind of stopping in and recording a little, like, diary entry whenever I have, like, a theory or, like, a reaction to a big moment. And then when I'm done reading, I'm going to put those all together and upload like a reading diary episode or whatever. And that'll <laughs> that'll come out probably a day or so, maybe two days after this comes out. So It's like a pseudo uh, read-along. Yeah, just a little pseudo read-along reaction thing where I'm going to pop in uh, uh, every so often throughout The Lost Metal and talk about what I'm thinking. Okay, Bands of Morning. Yeah. Gavin, uh, yes. what did you think the first time you read it? How do you feel now? Man, I forgot that that's what you start this with. Yeah. Um, I forgot how <laughs> I felt about the first time because I was just so enthralled the second uh-huh. time I was reading it. I, I do remember, you know, um, right now I know we'll we'll talk non-spoilers and then we'll mm, jump into yes. spoilers in a little bit. But um, my non-spoiler thoughts as far as just the book goes itself, I thought it's, I thought it was the best one um, of the three that have been released. Mm-hmm. Um now I, I compared now I still think it's up there right now it's kind of more of a tie between uh shadows of of self mm-hmm. you know so uh bands of morning is really good <laughs> I um there are lots and lots of really cool moments lots of very cool uh cosmere things um we we'll get into more specifics yeah, later yeah. but you know just seeing everything appear in this book I mean it was just it was so fun um and the the intro to this book, you know, every every book so far has been starting with a flashback, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just continuing to get more character uh, from Wax as a protagonist has been really good. And I think this book is is really trying to it really started solidifying him as a better character than mm-hmm. I thought or initially. Um, especially just in the very first time that I read all three of these books, I kind of was of the impression that Wax is just not super interesting. And I still don't think he's the most interesting. I think that, I think there are characters that are more interesting than him. Um, but just as a protagonist uh, in this series alone, I mean, just going through a reread, 
almost every single character, not just Wax, but everyone was like, okay, cool. This is so far the best versions of these characters yeah, that we've yeah. gotten so far. Yeah. And um, I I loved all of the character moments. Of course, the action and you know all of the little Easter eggs and things like that. All of that is really fun. But I think we get some of the coolest character moments and just, you know, conversations between character and character in this book um, than any of the other books in the series thus far. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll get into negatives later, but just yeah. in general, I um, I mean, this is I love this series. I love this book. I'm re- I'm really excited to read what's coming next. Yes. I thought that this yes. was a, you know. I know this is like a what do you call four books a quadrilogy? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But but really, I think this is a good stamp. I think this is a good, you know, the cliffhanger here. It's like, oh yeah, there is going to be something next. But at the same time, um knowing that there will be a, a time jump and all this stuff in the in the later books mm-hmm. or in the next book, um I think that this was a nice little bow mm-hmm. <laughs> on yeah. uh, on era 2. But I'm really excited to see to see what else comes. So the first time that I read this, I adored it. Uh, and I still do really love it. Uh, I, I don't think I liked this book quite as much the second time as I liked it the first. I think Shadows of Self is still pretty thoroughly at the top of my my ranking for Era mm-hmm. 2. My gut, and I'm not going to go with my gut because my gut is wrong in this, in this moment. Always. But my gut wants me to put this below Alloy of Law um really and the reason for that is i think that the pacing towards the beginning is a little shaky Mm -hmm. um i think the pacing between i mean this book opens and it's like hey would you like to sit down and have a cosmere science lesson (laughs) um and i think on a reread that felt that felt both better and not as good because while i already knew it it did help to get like a refresher because it's very i think the the cosmere science in this is pretty complicated at the beginning the stuff with like fortune and identity and all that like sure. or not fortune sorry identity and um connection and whatever like all, all that stuff feels pretty pretty complicated to me at least mm-hmm. and i have a hard time getting a um a grasp on it so it was nice in that sense but it was also like i was kind of waiting for the book to get started and then i feel like the um the train sequence goes for a little long yeah i will Um, say too just on the the intro to this book with the mm -hmm. flashback and the cosmere science um i also i felt i did feel okay this is actually a lot longer than i remember yes Um, (laughs) but i also i i feel like just when i was first listening to the book um you know, maybe it was just the situation that I was in, uh, but I feel like I kind of tuned out a little bit whenever I was first listening to it, and whenever whenever stuff that happens later in the book kind of requires you to kind of think back to what happened in the in the opening mm-hmm. of this book, I was a little lost in my first reread. But like you said, with this sort of lesson that we get right here uh, in the beginning of the book, I think on my second time reading through, I was or listening through it, I. Um, I felt like I was more informed and I was like, Oh, yes. okay. Now, cause, cause then I started remembering later things that happened yeah. in the book in yeah. the beginning. And I was like, Oh, it makes more sense. Oh, okay. Things are making sense to me now. And so yeah. I became a little bit more engaged and I was like, Oh, this is really interesting. So I, w- I was like, yeah, this is running a little long, but I was like, but I feel like I'm learning. So I kind of like it. <laughs> and like, again, like I, like I said, like my gut is wrong on this because the rest of this <laughs> book is incredible. Like, 
It's not. It's not at all. It's not in any way below Alloy. I think I would rank them uh, Shadows, Bands, and then Alloy in that order. Um, mm-hmm. But I love like this book is the Indi- Indiana Jones installment, which yes. I think is so much fun. Yeah, I like the action sequences are. I mean, Sanderson just gets better and better with each of these books at writing Mistborn action sequences. I think mm-hmm. it's it's so fun. I think this is like one of his funniest books. There's a lot of he really nails. I think the humor of these characters in this book. There is a lot more comedy in this one for sure. Yes. Uh, I will say the prologue, I think is my least favorite of era two. Um, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, something about, I, I will say it took me about, ha- it took me about twice as long to get past the, the, like the train sequence than it did for me to read the entire rest of the book. Oh yeah. Yeah, or, no. You know, like, I think I think the prologue here is is um yeah, I I agree with you. I think the prologue here of all three prologues that we have so far, it's my least favorite. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it comes back to what you said. The pacing in this prologue is just so much it's so much more spread out um mm-hmm. than it was in the original one. So I can I definitely agree with you there. So let's jump into characters which honestly I don't know that I've got a ton on the character department for like our late or our main protagonist. Wax mm-hmm. is just kind of continuing to follow the steps laid out in front of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in terms of his character development, not like literally, because uh, that's a big that's a big part of his character in this yeah, book exactly. is that he's refusing to uh, to to follow those steps that are being laid out by Harmony. Uh, so okay, by the way, we're getting into full spoilers. <laughs> I didn't for the for for Mistborn, not for. Um, the Cosmere overall, but for okay, so for starting Mistborn. spoilers now. Yeah, yeah, starting okay, spoilers cool. now. Um, so my favorite parts of this book for Wax are when he's with Steris. Me too. I think that is when he's really <laughs> coming into his own as a character, and this is kind of something that we talked about. I think last time, where I feel like Wax's arc in this in this series is him going from being a lawman who loves to get into like dangerous situations to he's settling down, right? He's getting older. He's settling down, starting a family or whatever, like, and doing what needs to be done. Not so much looking for it. Um, yeah. And I think you see that, like you see him start to shift into that. Like my favorite wax scene in the whole book is when he's finding the missing clip in the house finances. Ah, yes. I love that. Cause you see him, kind of start to apply these things that he's learned in his life to his new life in a way mm-hmm. and find joy and like almost finding the ability to be content in a new life. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I think um, that's, that scene is fantastic. And I love, I love the way that Brandon Sanderson does this because um, I know he's like a man of faith. Uh, you know, I know him and his wife's relationship is really solid. And whenever he goes into Wax's specific relationship uh, with Steris, um, you can kind of see that he's he's putting in little tidbits of of wisdom and knowledge mm. and and love into these characters. Um, that, like you said, just I think it, it not only is he just adjusting to a new way of life, but he's mm. he, he him and Steris both throughout this book are kind of realizing just how important it is for your other person to to take an interest 
in the things yes. that are, you know, yeah, that are in yours or in theirs, you know, like it is, it's incredibly important in, a, in any sort of relationship. And this isn't like relationship advice, you know, the podcast, yeah, yeah. but it, you know, <laughs> just seeing, just seeing him just take, you know, such gentle care of this relationship and mm. these two drastically different people, you know, that, I mean, there's that saying, you know, opposites attract. I mean, that is so true for these two characters and both of them continuously just find little ways not to necessarily change about themselves for the other person but to mm. sacrifice you know you know things that they are uncomfortable with because they haven't stepped out of their comfort zone in order to like appreciate the things that the other person has loved and making that sacrifice for that person because they genuinely love that person and the other person vice versa you know doing the same thing and um yeah i i love that scene as well it's it's uh, very funny as well i mean just the excitement that he gets and, yeah. and just <laughs> yeah. uh, you know it's like man this is totally out of character for wax but then you realize you know is it is it really out of yeah. character for wax yeah, because exactly. now now i mean you know by the end of this book him and steris are one i mean like they're they're they share similar interests they have things that they you know Obviously, they don't agree with, but, you know, this is now, this is his character. He he mm -hmm. loves the things that Steris loves. Steris loves the things that Wax loves. I think it's such a beautiful relationship here, and this has been one of my favorite things about the book and uh, just about Era 2 in general um, is just the the romance here. And for, for me personally, I I feel like for some reason in my mind, like I don't actually think this, but I feel like subconsciously I make myself believe that I'm not really interested in romance, uh -huh. <laughs> like in stories in general. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because it's not the first thing that I think of, I guess. It's kind of the, usually the last thing that I think of. But whenever it's happening on screen in a movie or a show or it's happening in a book, I mean, my eyes are just glued. My ears are open. Like, <laughs> I, I, I want to like there's. No, no matter what sort of romance it is, there's always just drama to it to some degree, and I love it. Mm -hmm. It's it's like it's so interesting to me, and I tell you, man, like for I I don't know what was happening with me the first time I listened to the book, but I completely forgot about the scene where Wax and Steris are floating in the air together, and they're oh, having yes. their moment you know, at, at night and they're just flying through the air and they are just embracing each other. And dude, I almost like came to tears the second time. Cause I'm like, this is so beautiful. You know, like, yeah, I just, I love it. I think the relationship that wax has with stairs in this book is by far my favorite thing about era two in general. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's controversial at all to say that I think that wax and stairs, relationship is probably the best one that Sanderson has written, at least in the Cosmere. Sure. Uh, I don't. I, I really don't think I'd put anybody uh, above them in terms of just a very well written relationship. Right. Um, uh, so, <laughs> Wayne. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Wayne at the beginning of this book, I think, hits his lowest moment. Oh, yeah. Before remind, me, remind me what happens. I think it's when he drops the water tower on the wedding. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. His, is probably the meanest thing that Wayne has done because it also hurts his best friend. Yeah. Like this isn't this this is where it kind of crosses a line of um it it's it's when 
there's a really good cosmic connection I want to make that I can't okay. between Wayne and another <laughs> character. But sure, sure. Th- there's another character in the cosmic with a similar uh, storyline where they start to realize that them being mean is starting to hurt other people that they care about where like they think that them being mean only hurts people they don't like. Yeah. And then they realize that, Oh no, my, the way I act like I'm, I, I don't intend to hurt the people that I love, but I'm hurting the people of my love that I love regardless. Right. Um, and I think Wayne starts to figure that out. And I, I think then Wayne has his best chapter in the whole three books that have come out so far when he goes to be like, Hey Renette, I'm going to stop being a creep. Like, yeah, I I mean, that was, he, he definitely, um, I mean, that was the right move. It was the right move. And it's, it's just so it's, it's so, first of all, that whole chapter is really good. Just him going on this adventure, like going through the streets, talking to like the, um, talking to the different people. And like, he keeps looking for something to give to her as a parting gift. And he keeps trading, between uh, the people he runs across on his journey yeah, from the was, mansion to Renette. That was a really good chapter. I love that. It's a great chapter. I'd love to see that adapted because I think that's like a really <laughs> yeah. funny. I think it's yes. really fun. Yeah, he um, like like a Superman moment where he just like runs into the bakery and like. Yeah. You know, yeah like I love exactly. all of that. But it, it's just really good. And I think, um, I think this is when Wayne goes over the hump of like, he's 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 trying to be a little bit less of an asshole yeah yeah there there are moments though where i'm just like man yeah why yeah like you were like you were real close you know and like um because yeah. <laughs> you know then he sort of ends that conversation with just been like you know how about a threesome you know and yeah. um yeah and i think there is a conversation that he has with marisy where he starts asking kind of like weirdly incestuous questions yeah about her and steris yeah, yeah and i'm like yeah. like it's so brief but i'm like yeah god what a freak like, yeah. come on man he he's pretty fucking weird to marcy at the beginning of the book as yeah. well I, I and i think even throughout the book he's still a weirdo don't get me wrong i'm not saying yeah. he's he's fixed in this book <laughs> no right? but he's he's but, got great moments i think i think this is uh aside from whenever he's really trying to kind of uh uh, correct his wrongs with you know the mm-hmm. little girl uh or you know the girl who you know he killed her dad yeah like he's I, in his mind i think he he believes in that moment like we talked he's trying to kind of um make make amends to some degree and in this book you can kind of you see that kind of throughout the book like mm-hmm. a lot of this book any a lot of wayne's pov i should say is uh him trying to make good on you know on the people who he has hurt Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, and I just uh, a little note I have about Wayne is I forgot that he steals the bands, and for most of the end <laughs> yeah. of the book, he just has them on him, and he doesn't know it. Like yep. he's just like, I just stole this thing, and everybody's like, or, or no, it's Marcy <laughs> that realizes it. That's like you fucking both idiot and genius. You stole the bands of morning. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of Marcy. Marcy's like one of my favorite characters in this book. I love Marcy's mm-hmm. so much uh, throughout all of these books. I've said it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I love that she is the first person to like use the bands at the end of the book. Yeah. Like, I think she that has whole her... sequence is awesome. Yeah. She has her, it's like really short, you know, like it it's, is. it's just one of those things where uh, 
I just wish it went on for longer, but at the same time, the reasoning for it stopping so abruptly is really admirable mm. and just gives me more reason to love Marisi. And like, mm. she knows, like, this is not for me. Like, mm. this is not my journey. My, yeah, I am not meant to hold these. Yeah, like, yeah. This is this is incredible power, but yeah. I know I have to give it up. And dude, I could not fucking imagine giving that up. Can you imagine? Uh, Giving up being a fullborn? Never. No, no, never. No. 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 Never. Sorry, guys. Have fun. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what can all like you could do anything as a yeah. fullborn? Like, it, also getting to see fullborn POVs from her and a little bit of wax is like, oh man, I yeah, I don't know how much you could write of that before it gets a little boring. Yeah, like, and it's somebody like... being so OP. But like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and and thinking of the prospect of, uh, you know, more than one all all at once, you know, and yeah. uh, like the sort of good and havoc that could be brought, you know, all from that, and um, it's just one of those things where it's like, man, Sanderson has developed such a good magic system. Mm-hmm. He has such good characters. Like he could do anything here, you know. All, all I can do is just sit here and. Just yeah. think, like, what is he gonna do? Like, yeah. what else can happen? But I don't know. I just, I we we just are forced to just, <laughs> you know, eat what we have. Yes, and it's not good enough. No, I'm kidding. No, but it's it's <laughs> great. It. And Damn I just I want more. Yeah, more. I, just, I want more. Well, well, Gavin. <laughs> Tomorrow we'll see Tomorrow. what happens. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, um, God, I'm hyped. I also love that. Mar- um, Marcy is like immediately when everything happens with the wedding, she's like, "Where's Wayne?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's really funny. And he like leaves a little note behind, yeah. and it's all cheeky. I'm like, this fucking guy, come on. Yeah, uh, really love Steris in this book. Steris makes me very sad in this book. Um, yep. <laughs> I don't have much more to say about Steris. I think most of what I feel about Steris is in connection to Wax. Um, yeah. So I think I've already kind of talked about it with the relationship stuff. Uh, I hope, and I think Sanderson has kind of said this, but I I I, I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly. Uh, I think Steris is supposed to be on her own for most of her story in the Lost Metal. So Uh-oh. like I'm excited. Well, I'm excited for that because I want to see who Steris is out away from everybody else because I feel like we haven't really gotten too much of that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you've you've read more than than, than I have of the. That's uh, true. You know, so I'm just kind of like, fuck. Like in my mind, I'm like, damn it, do they get divorced? I'm like, no, please <laughs> don't. And you're know, like, is that why she's alone? Um, but you know, could just be the situation. But I don't know. I'm just excited. Just it's so as, yeah. As Steris goes in general, I, like I said too, I think all of the characters in this book have moments where they are the best. Like mm-hmm. in the in the series, um, Steris being for me the uh, the most standout. Um, kind of like with what we had said in the very first, uh, you know, whenever we were going through Alloy of Law, um, I hated Steris. Yeah, like, she was. Yeah, like just like like she was infuriating. Yeah. Um, and then they literally bring those thoughts. The, the those feelings that people feel about Steris, and maybe it's a uh, maybe it's supposed to be some sort of commentary on on um, 
you know, the audience or something like that. I don't think it's it's really that. Um, but in general, other people too, whenever they first meet Starris, they're incredibly put off by her. And then in this scene, we fully see the potential that she has just in her own personality and just being her own person. And um, she's so lovable. How could you hate Starris? Yeah, yeah. Like, how, how could I, you know? <laughs> um, she's fantastic. I think she is at the peak in this book. It's awesome. And Steris steals a segment from Wayne because mm-hmm. normally in this podcast, what's the your favorite Wayne moment in the book? <laughs> and my favorite Wayne moment isn't a Wayne moment. My favorite Wayne moment is a Steris moment, and it's the hotel scene. Yes. Because, Star- the, because the hotel scene is, first of all, the funniest thing that Brandon Sanderson has ever written, in my opinion. I, I yeah. The entire time, like even on a, on a reread, I was laughing the entire time I was reading it. Like mm-hmm. literally every line of dialogue, I was like, I was, I was giggling. Like it yeah, was, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's so funny. And Steris makes that scene. Like that scene doesn't happen unless Steris is who Steris is and has that list of what is, what could possibly go wrong, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and then obviously everybody takes that scene to like, <laughs> yeah, it's like to 11. Yeah. Farthest extent, like it's like a sitcom. Uh-huh. Like, but Steris is playing like the straight man at the center of it. And like Wayne is trying to trade a hat for a boot. And like, yeah, <laughs> Milan is coming in talking about like, what, what size breast should I wear? And- yeah. It's, it's like the whole, um, like, I know, I think the writers of family guy have some sort of rule and this it's most sitcoms, but it's like the jokes per minute. Like how many yeah. jokes are we hitting per minute? It's like, that's what they did with how many jokes can we fit on this page? Like yeah. how many times yeah. can we get a chuckle out of the reader from this? Yeah. Yeah, so good. Wax Love is that blowing scene. windows open. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. it's incredible. Every, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Wait, those windows open? Like, they do yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Um, moving into some of the side characters, uh, how do you feel about Telson? Telson. Oh, that's Wax's a sister. sister. Yeah, the yes. sister. I was like, wait, that name sounds familiar. Yes. Yeah, of course. Um. I think she's one of the weaker villains in the entire Cosmere. I would agree. I I think um, I think she's worse than Zane. Honestly. Okay, I don't I, agree with that. I don't agree with that. But you 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 kind of had me, and yeah. then you lost me. <laughs> See, because at least I don't know. Like I I um. To be fair though, my hatred least, of Zane is like on another level of reality. Like my so, whole thing yeah. is, <laughs> I at least remember Zane. You know, yeah. I remember I didn't like him, but I did not. I like I completely That's fair. like I. OK, so and the other thing, too, is, um, you know, whenever I know Brandon Sanderson has even talked about this, but kind of the idea of people without knowing it really do like to be spoiled. You know, that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why he has his spoiler streams, yes. because, you know, whenever you have certain information and then you go into experiencing that story where that information is revealed you kind of ha- your brain is sort of wired to look for bread com- breadcrumbs you know yeah like you're wanting to know okay like now how that i know this inf- yeah how is this all set up like what am i what, what am i going to notice here and there were a few moments where i was like okay here's here's telson um like i know that she is like this double agent of sorts and uh i f- i just felt like there were there were some little obvious moments, but at the same time, it's kind of one of those things where, really, you just see it coming. 
Like mm-hmm. it doesn't there doesn't really have to be a whole lot of, you know, trail leavings of, you know, is she going to double cross him or not? Just because I feel like w- I, as soon as she appears, you're just like, man, she's like something. She's wrong not on her. your side. Yeah, yeah. Like she's totally going to betray you. And then she does. I just feel like she was the most forgettable and most predictable of every villain that we have in the Cosmere so far. Um, and this is something that this is something that makes me dislike the prologue a little bit more. Like I was saying, this is my least favorite of era too. Yeah. Is reading this book, going to the prologue. I was like, Telson is in the prologue. Let's get like, let's get some setup for what Telson's doing. Right. Like maybe sure. I'm going now that I know exactly what is happening with Telson in this story. Maybe I'm going to find something in this prologue. And I really don't think there's like anything there. Like I, yeah. I, no. I, she's kind of barely in the prologue and when she was i was like i was looking for something right i was looking for something that would clue me into like what she does later on and i really just yeah. i don't i don't think there's anything really there in the prologue no she's just kind of like uh, like a mean big sister yeah but it's like what's what else is new i mean whenever you're yeah. like teens together you know um yeah, I mean, just like I said, like there doesn't even need like the way that her entire arc and just all of her scenes in this book, how how they're all played out. I just felt like for me, like, sorry for saying like so much. I, no, I just realized it. Um, I just felt, you know, there does not like there's there was nothing here leading to this big reveal. Mm-hmm. It just was so predictable. Her character was just so poorly constructed in this story. I did not care because I knew what was going to happen already. Yeah. 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 I definitely, I liked her less on this reread. And I I didn't really think much of her on my first read. And on my second read, I felt almost wasted potential. Yeah. Um, That's that's exactly how I felt too. Yeah. The the one thing I did enjoy on a reread is when they first meet Telson, she's in that room. And I wrote this down because I was like, I wonder what's happening in her mind in this scene. Wayne gets the guards out. He tricks the guards out in a great Wayne scene where he's like, we got to hold the boat up. <laughs> and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and when the guards come back in, Steris, or Steris, Telson immediately shoots them both. Uh-huh. And in my head, I'm like, okay, how much of this is planned? Like how much of this is you wanted Wax to come get you? And how much of this is Wax just showed up those people coming in refer to me as their boss. I have to kill them before they can do that in front of Wax. Yeah. You know? Like, I wonder if they, if they, if she had not shot them immediately, would they have gone, hey, boss, we dealt with the, and then Wax would be like, hey, I'm sorry, what? Boss? So she just kills them really quick. Right. right. Like, but uh, I'm interested to see what happens with Telson in the last book. Yeah. I mean, they imply in this book that she's higher up than Edward. They say that she introduced him to the set. So. Yes. Uh, yeah, and and I um and just speaking of the set too, I mean mm-hmm. that little uh that little it, it kind of fe- it felt like um like a Marvel post credits scene, you know. Whenever, you mean the one uh, with Edward? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I want to talk <laughs> about Edward. So we'll talk about that. Edward um is is so I half listened to the graphic audio of this book. Uh, okay. I listened to the graphic audio and I read the, read it physically. Mm-hmm. And I got really thrown off because Edwarn, I swear his voice actor is the same as Wits. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, it has to be because it, they do. It's the same voice. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "I was like, I know that, I know that's not what I think it is." 
Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of took me out a little bit every so often. But uh, Edward's a fascinating character that I really like. Like, I really like what we got of him in this book. And we kind of start to see his ideals a little bit more instead mm-hmm. of just being like this kind of faceless, like, oh, yes, down with Elendel. You know, like he's yeah. talking about like the corrupt government and like overreach. And like he, he starts to become more of an actual person with ideals. Right. In this book. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. um, and then at the end of the book. And at the end of the book. You know, you're like, oh, <laughs> the bad guy, he's been captured. I wonder what's going to happen next time. And then this motherfucker shows up and says, recent advances have made civilization here too dangerous. Allowing yeah. it to continue risks further advances we cannot control. And so we have decided to remove life on this sphere instead. Thank you for your service. It has been accepted. You will be allowed to serve in another realm. And then Edward's dead. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So like... What ha- like I I want to know what happens with that because like did they make him a certain type of thing that is not- I- I'm I'm just gonna say the words because they're they're relevant to some other yeah, stuff yeah, in here. yeah yeah of course it, it, is he a cognitive shadow right like when they say you will be allowed to to serve in another realm do they mean hey we're gonna fucking kill you and when you get to the cognitive realm pump you full of investiture okay you're a cognitive shadow you can serve us in that way like what. Mm-hmm is i i'm very curious to see because i i really hope that's not the end of edward like that's kind of a almost weird place certainly to end not. off yeah you know? especially since we we have spent all this time kind of just hearing little kind of like with trell you know yeah imagine if we just got literally like trell just said hello like at the end of the book yeah. and then Tre- <laughs> and then trell just dies yeah, yeah you know yeah. it's like the same the same level of buildup almost um i i can't imagine that we've seen the last of him I'm excited to see more of him. Yeah. Um, in terms of other minor characters, uh, Alec. Alec is that how you yes. say his name? I think. Man, Love he him. he was. Um, whenever you said, you know, the uh, this is where Wax and Wayne becomes like Indiana Jones. Yeah. Uh, Alec was just such a fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Just like um, what do they what do they call the man? Uh, or what do the they call round? him in storytelling? Oh um, no, I was thinking of short round from uh, um, what's the. What's the second Indiana Jones movie? Temple yes. of Doom. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly what he is. But like, there's a, um, there's a, there's a. Uh, I'm I'm blanking on the the term. Yeah. But essentially, it's the term of uh, a character in a story who essentially just exists there to kind of just be along with the ride yeah. and question a lot of things. To kind of be like, also, hey, what the hell is happening? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if it's like he's not like a like the fool or anything like that but he's but he's there he's like you guys are weird yeah what's going on (laughs) but he also like has all of these like answers to questions that i wasn't even asking and it's like yo what what are you dude (laughs) and then he answers questions i wasn't asking and then proposes about 20 more questions in the process like (laughs) but doesn't answer them (laughs) yeah i really want to know more about the southern skadrians i think like what a genius, what a genius little bit of storytelling, by the way. Like yeah. introducing these guys into the into the narrative. Um with some really cool powers and a really cool, like, like somehow Sanderson, like, and this is the beauty of Mistborn, right? Is mm-hmm. watching these magic systems develop over time. Like era one, we saw one book about Alamancy, one book about Farukami, one book about Hemalurgy. Right. And then Era 2 is like, now what happens when you start to mix those all together? Yeah. Right? And it 
it's just like that's the that's the idea of Mistborn, right? Is follow this world and this magic system through multiple time periods, and Alec is like the introduction to like what it would like like some some high end magic use, you know what right. what the Southern Skadrians doing is, or what the Southern Skadrians are doing is pretty pretty crazy. Um, yeah, and just just in this uh, era alone, I mean, of course, like we said, like now we finally have um the fourth book in the series but throughout this entire era we have just been seeing and i know this is mentioned by uh, like uh i don't know if we're just gonna like start start talking about more cosmere stuff but we know that the world scadriel um in the time of mistborn era one it's mentioned how you know if things weren't just if things were not on pause the way that Mm -hmm. they were Scadriel, this entire world would be so fucking advanced. And, <laughs> and Harmony says it a million times throughout this book. I love yeah. Harmony's like, you guys, you guys are supposed to be so much further than you are. Yeah, like... yeah, yeah. And just just in the first three books that we got, and I'm sure, you know, like we said, we haven't read the new book mm. that's out, but um, j- we have just seen so much just uh evolution and progress in the magic system and just in the world itself just within these couple of years that this era takes place in and the fact that we are just now at the halfway point of you know the mistborn saga yeah um because i can only yeah. yeah i can i can only imagine like what the hell is going to be happening yeah you know, in these later books, like really, uh, of course, we know there will be 80s tech and it'll be kind of, um, you know, sci-fi space sort of stuff mm-hmm. in the future. Um, but that's just setting wise. We know where we know where they will be uh, as far as technology goes. But we have no fucking idea what the magic system is going to look like that evolved, you know, yeah. Um Especially and, now that we have, like you said, now it's like we have all of these uh, different Forms of investiture on this world just constantly being yeah mixed yeah. with one another, and it's like, yo, what are the possibilities? <laughs> and like, you can never guess what it's gonna do mm-hmm. because, like, I didn't think alimantic grenades were gonna be a thing. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like when they introduced that in this book, you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yes. uh. That's one of the the little details that I love about this book. I really love that we get out of Elendel in this book, um, and we start to explore what more of the actual world looks like. Yes, you know, at least even I mean, we don't really we don't get out of the basin, so really, there's still a lot about Scadriel that's unexplored, but we get out of the city at least. Right. Um, in the broadsheets, there's the mention of um, a Nikki Savage or Nikki Savage story. Yeah. Uh which is interesting because Isaac Stewart, the um art director over at Dragon Steel, right. is writing a Mistborn novel about Nikki Savage. Oh yeah. Uh so I it's not like you know, it's not like um it, it's not like Mistborn Book Nine or whatever, right? It's like another book all set in Skadriel. But like unrelated to the the grand epic story being told, right? It's about the yeah. Same it's like a it's like a Alamancer Jack, you know. It's yeah. like it it's but like it's a full novel. But it's like a full novel, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited. Um, I'm really excited for that. 
And I think that would be a good thing to release in between like the break uh, between Era 2 and Era 3, you know, just to yeah. kind of get us a little more schedule while we're waiting for those big tomes to be written. Yeah. Um, there's also in the broadsheets, there's the, uh, uh, do your metal tools speak yeah. to you? <laughs> yeah. Your neighbors probably don't want to hear about it, but we do. Visit 27 Rollin Place. Ask yeah. for K or N. Bring the oh. talking metal with you. Karen, and that's, uh, huh? Yeah, it's like most certainly uh, Chris and Nas. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome little reference there. Uh, just Harmony. Really hope, really liked him in this. And I liked his mm. relationship with Wax a lot. I think like obviously Sazed went through his own crisis of faith in Hero of Ages. So I definitely feel like, I hope that Sazed is still human enough to be relating to Wax. Because I don't like the idea of the alternative. But uh, I, I think he relates a little bit to Wax when they talk and, he, and, and Wax's um, inability to have faith in Harmony. Yeah. Uh, and then Harmony just broke my heart. Uh, at the end, <laughs> when Wax is dead and he's like, you can go back. And then he asks about uh, Palm and Harmony says, she asked me to look after you. And then boom, he wakes up. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, was like, oh. I forgot about that. So good. Like chills. Yeah. No, I I love, you know, just Seizet. I Seizet yeah. has continuously been one of my favorite characters in mm-hmm. all of Mistborn. And um yeah, I mean, we've seen him do some things in Era 2 where it's like, yeah, from Wax's perspective, he's he's definitely not doing him any favors from, you know, from what we see or like from mm-hmm. Wax's uh perspective. But realistically, I mean, now we're getting now that we have this moment where Wax and God have like yeah. a face-to-face conversation uh-huh. with each other, <laughs> you know, now now it's um like I mentioned too. I mean, clearly we know uh, Brandon Sanderson's uh, like he has his own perspective of what the afterlife is like, and you know, and a lot of that I think he does um, put many of his uh, beliefs into mm. these stories, into these characters, mm. into these worlds, and things like that. And I think it's very interesting, like the um, the questions that that are raised in this book about morality, like mm. what choices do we actually have? Like, do we have free will? What, like, what is you know, what choices do we have? And um, and I think it's interesting too. Did did we actually get a a scene between the two of them where Wax asks if e- when everyone dies, do they also talk to God like that? Like, I, I don't think so. Okay. I, I, for some reason in my mind, I thought uh, that they did talk about Kel- that or Kelsier does. Sure. Yeah, yeah in th- Secret that's History. That's true. But now my, you know, so now we have seen the POVs of mm. a few people who die. Mm. And yes, this is... This seems to be the the case. Like this is what happens. Um, yeah. Well, so when Kelsier asks uh, preservation about it in Secret History, preservation says that he feels like it's his duty to do it. So okay. I I assume that Sazed has adopted a similar uh a similar idea. I, I don't think it's like necessary. They don't have to, but he takes okay. it upon himself as like a job requirement. Okay. Yeah. And maybe it's just because we know that that uh, Harmony clearly has a very um, elaborate plan with Wax in yeah. this era. Oh, I thought um, you just meant like a plan in general. I was like, I hope he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, just, just in this, in this story alone, like we have, um, like we know with Wax, like he's, he's got ideas for what he wants with him. Um, but at the same time, my whole thing is like, man, are we like, 
does everyone whenever they die do they get do they get this choice like how that you know oh because like you would say yeah he's like Mm -hmm. you can go back or pass on you know and it's like wow that kind of it's curious it's curious because he says you can go back or you can pass on but it's not like he brings him back it's that Mm. marcy is coming with the bands so i i almost wonder if it's like making the choice of whether to tap the metal mind or not Mm. you can like you're not fully dead yet if you want to tap the metal mind and heal yourself with Farukami, you can do that or you can let your body die and go Uh, maybe i'm not sure i i feel like i need to think that because i'm still mad at sazed for not bringing back vin and ellen so like (laughs) if if it's the alternative where harmony can just let people come back Mm -hmm. and like if they don't have to die i'm mad at sazed so uh, but at the same time within secret history whenever we do see vin for just that brief moment she definitely seems like it's just her decision she's like no i i served my purpose i'm out of here deuces yeah speaking of secret history yeah (laughs) the sovereign or should i call him kelsier uh man the entire build-up um because i remember at the end of the book the first time i read this i was like just in my head imagining the artwork that i have seen of the lord ruler right and they're talking about the lord ruler like it's the lord ruler for context really quick you did not read secret history before this book no i didn't yes i just want to make sure people know that wait 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 wait. because i did no hold on i'm sorry i did i did oh you did Okay. No, wait, no, no. Hold on. No, no I got I it all wrong. Yeah, no, I did not. I did not. I did not. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. So this was, I was going through this. I didn't know that Kelsier was like still out and about doing shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah. So whenever I was reading through this, yeah, like you said, for context, I never read Secret History. So I was going through this every single time that they mentioned the Lord Ruler and all these statues of him. And then, you know, we get, you know, these uh, images of, the Lord Ruler with a spike through the eye and all this mm-hmm. stuff. I I was just imagining what we knew of the Lord Ruler from Era One, and I'm like, okay, I guess his legacy is still living on and statues mm-hmm. and and all this stuff. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we get full confirmation. <laughs> like, yo, that's actually not the guy who you think it is, and uh, that was a big surprise for me. I was I was thoroughly. Uh, I was like, ah, Gadzooks. Like, this is this yeah. is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I, I will say, uh, for myself, even I did read Secret History in between Era 1 and 2. Dude, the entire time I read this book the first time, I still was like, yeah, the Lord Ruler survived somehow. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, I yeah. did not think for a second that it was Kelsier going around calling himself the Lord Ruler. And then mm-hmm. I love at the end of this, or not the end of this, but like throughout, while I'm reading the book, I'm like, okay, he was king 330 years ago, right after the Catasandra. Okay, he mm-hmm. taught them how to use like this magic that we know that Kelsier was messing around with before, like right. immediately following Era One. Okay, he told people that he ruled the normal people and also died, and I'm like, that's kind of what happened to Kelsier, right? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> so going through this a second time because I wasn't seeing it coming the very first time. Yeah, knowing these, you know, these breadcrumbs that Sanderson's really good at leaving. Like every single time the Lord Ruler was mentioned, I was just like, I was so giddy inside, you know. I was yeah, just like, yeah. Ooh, I know who you're talking about. It's just so good because everything they say about the Lord Ruler works 
in like two meanings. Like it, yeah. it could easily have been Rashik or it could have been uh it could have been Kelsier. And sure, yeah. Even Kelsier is awesome. I also love that they just casually drop in uh that fucking Kelsier ascended. So if you did not read mm-hmm. Secret History, you're like what do you mean Kelsier ascended? <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't see that. So I'm going to make my big prediction for what the climax of the Lost Metal is based only off these books. I wrote these notes down before I started reading any of the preview chapters. So nothing I'm about to say is based off of any of the preview chapters of um, the Lost Metal. Okay. Um, and just reading this book, I was thinking, what is the climax of Era 2? Because I don't think it's related to Trell. Like, I was thinking... I think Trell is, like, too big a thing. I think Trell is being introduced to be a big thing in Era 3, especially when you take into account the fact that Sanderson has said that he wasn't going to write this originally, right? Mm -hmm. So nothing too crazy can happen in this where if we... We have to have been able to skip this these books and still have been able to keep, like, to be able to have caught up. Like, you know, after some history lessons of what happened in the gap, like have been able to to, to pretty quickly understand what was happening. Um, and in this book, they really talk about the strife and the conflict between Elendel and the outer cities. Right. And we talk about how every one of these books is a different genre, but like a different kind of pulp fiction genre. Sure. So my theory is that The Lost Metal is a war book. Uh-huh. And that it is a civil war is the conflict. Ooh. The, fl- the 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 conflict, like the climax of the lost metal, I think, is going to be the beginning of a civil war between Elendel and the outer cities, and it's going to begin a extremely bloody war that is going to tear this piece that Sazed left them apart. And when mm. we pick up in era three, there's going to be multiple nations. It's going to be a much bigger world. And just originally, it was going to be, we pick up era th- the next era, and it's like, yeah, there was peace for a bit, but then it didn't really work out. Yeah. But now we get to see how that peace fell apart. And there, because, like, I think there's going to be, like, multiple nations, because we've kind of been told that it's, like, kind of militaristic, SWAT-type policing, like, secret spy stuff, which to me would imply, like, multiple nations and, like, espionage and shit. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I can see... I, I like that you brought up the comparisons that uh, Sanderson has. Uh, he's, you know, like you said, with the whole pulp, um, yeah. you know, fiction kind of that he's yeah. got going on here. I can definitely see, especially now that now that we know a little bit about the Skadrians and just, or, you know, the Southern Skadrians and just mm-hmm. how different they are. I can absolutely see like a like a Cowboys and Indians kind yeah. of like Western, like <laughs> yeah. civil war happening, you know, like that yeah. sounds that sounds super fun. <laughs> but I, I that's my I'm locking that in at the end of this episode. My prediction is that this next book is maybe it doesn't feel fully like a war book, but I, I think that the the climax of era two is an, the on start of a war that will like completely change the geography of Scadriel and of Ellen, the Ellendale Basin and all that. And we'll come back to a very different world at the beginning of era three. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't see that not happening. Um, yeah. but I also, I know that Sanderson has also been pretty transparent about the shift between, uh, Stormlight five and Stormlight six. Yes. Um, and we kind of know that that is, 
a little bit of the direction that he's going there. It's like Stormlight 6 through 10 is going to essentially be an entirely different setting, but on the same planet, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't put it past him to do that, but I don't, I don't also, I, I don't know. I, I don't want him to just kind of run with this theme and be like, okay, cool. Now we're halfway through this series. So now it's time for a big yeah. world <laughs> change. You know, I'm not, not that I would be disappointed by it, but I don't know if he's going to use that same, not that it's the same idea twice, but I don't know, just the same sort of change, like, um, I don't know, in structure. I don't think it'll be as big a change as the change, even from Mistborn Era 1 to Era 2. But I think it's just the idea of, like, peace doesn't last. And we're going to see yeah. that, like, these people living in paradise doesn't stick around. Like, when we come back, like, the Garden of Eden is gone, right? Sure. Like. They're, they've split up. They're not all living together. Like, they have international relationships and stuff. Like, I I think it's going to become less of, like, a single survivor nation, state, right, of this, of this apocalypse and be more of a world with different people and different political groups. And, like, I, I don't think it's going to be as mono... Like, I, I don't think it's going to be one mega nation like it has been for so long. Sure, yeah. No, I, I personally, I don't, I don't really have any theories about how yeah. it's going in. Just okay. because, like I said, too, like with the way that everything is constantly progressing, and I just, you know, this is going to be like 10 years in the future. So I know you've read some of, um, yeah. you know, like you've read the first quarter of the book. So, like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck the world yeah. in the magic yeah. system all looks like 10 years from now because everything moves so fast now. So I'm like, damn, by the end of the book? I got no idea. <laughs> Who knows know? what the hell is going to be happening? Yeah, so I'm just I'm just ready for it. <laughs> Very quickly, if anybody wants to get out of here, why don't uh, first of all, why don't you just give a quick plug in case anybody doesn't want Cosmic spoilers? Okay, um, yeah. So again, my name is Gavin. Uh, for a while, I had been running uh, the podcast called the Overlevel Podcast. I've uh, kind of shifted over more to YouTube. So if you want to find me now. Um, and you want to catch kind of what I'm currently doing, I'm a lot more active on my YouTube channel. I was just telling Sean I'm uh, right in the middle of editing uh, a review for Octopath Traveler. So uh, that'll be coming out fairly soon. Um, So, yeah, go to YouTube. Uh, Now I have my own URL. So it's youtube.com slash at overleveled games. Let's go. uh, Yeah, you just search up overleveled games on YouTube. You'll find me there. You know, recently been doing stuff like ranking videos. If you like the Final Fantasy series, Kingdom Hearts, Dragon Quest, I've uploaded videos on those games. And I'm going to continue just kind of in the general realm of RPG and JRPG stuff. Uh, So, yeah, look forward to that. I'm hoping to eventually get to a point where I can ask Square Enix for an early copy of Kingdom Hearts 4. So uh, that's that's all I want in life. So go subscribe (laughs) to me, please. (laughs) Similarly, I'm trying to get that arc of Stormlight 5. Yeah, you're trying to become a beta reader. (laughs) I don't know about that much, but I I want to be able to be like, guys, when the book comes out, my review will be up on the podcast feed. You know? Um, Okay. Chris loves this. Love that she shows up. Yes. Uh, I think this is her only on-screen appearance. As far as I can think of, um, I mean, she's in. Uh, I guess White Sand, but I. No, she's also. We have a conversation with Kelsier Naz. Oh and yes, Chris. in Secret History. In I Secret always History. forget about that, and that's yeah. a great conversation too. It gives us yes. like all we know so about cool. the backstory of the Cosmere. Yeah, we um, get like stuff from Trinity and everything, yeah. like with the knife and all that. Oh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, and the Southern Skadri ends him talking about the kind, the kind or the group of people that grow into their masks. 
Oh. Reading that this time, I've now read Stormlight. Uh-huh. I was like, oh shit, Iadol <laughs> in the Ghostbloods. Shalon says that it looks like her skin has grown around her mask. There's so much about like Stormlight where I'm just like, yeah. I know I've like, I listened yeah. to all of it. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I just got to fucking reread these because I believe you. I just don't yeah. remember it. <laughs> it helps that I just did Words of Radiance on the yes. podcast. Yeah. Oh, it happens uh, in Words of Radiance. Because that's where Iadol's introduced. Ah, uh, yes. yes. Okay, cool. Uh, she's the, like, she's the person above Marais mm-hmm. in the Ghostbloods. And uh, we do have confirmation from Word of Brandon that Yaddle is of Southern Skadrian descent. Okay. Not that she awesome. is a Southern Skadrian, but like her parents were or something. But I just, I thought it was interesting. The face, like their faces grow around into their masks or whatever. I'm like, that's what, how Yaddle is described. They're freaks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this book scares me for what's going to happen to Hoyd in the back half of, or in the next Stormlight book. Oh yes. I forgot that Hoyd is fucked. Because <laughs> he's like a freak in this book. Yeah. And not only that, but also like... <sighs> He's he gives it, he's like messing with Kelsier. Like, what is Hoyt doing? What is, mm-hmm. what why he's like telling Wax about Kelsier? Like, what is going on? What is I'm so scared about what's gonna happen at the you, end of Stormlight Five that leaves him in this state. <laughs> the thing about Hoyd right now, and I think we can kind of confidently say this, um, Hoyd throughout the Cosmere so far is an antagonist. I don't think he's yeah. a villain. He's yeah. not a villain. An antagonist. I mean as we know just from what that is it's just someone who gets in the way yeah. of the protagonist and and you know does their best to keep the protagonist from achieving their goal and i think that that is exactly what hoyt has done this entire time um, so i don't i don't think he's villainous per se but the man is is not working for us he's he's working against all of our guys to some degree I just, it, it's, we know that when people live a long time, they go crazy. Like, we've been yes. shown that a lot throughout the Cosmere. Yeah. Sanderson keeps saying that Hoyt has a way to manage it, but, like, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um, I can't say anything. So, I'm <laughs> just gonna let you talk about it. How do you okay. feel about Trell coming out of this book? And I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut for the whole thing. Um, wait, what do you mean? How Trell... Like, Trell just, like, how do you feel, what are your theories about Trell by the end of Bands of Mourning? Like, what do you think is going to happen with that in the Lost Metal? Dude, I, like, I, dude, I literally don't know. I, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm just excited. I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen. I just want to see what he does. I, I, yeah, it's, the, cool. it's probably the most boring answer I could give, but I'm like, man, That's okay. I mean, for us, like we said, the book is out tomorrow, so I'm like, yeah. I'll find out yeah. eventually. Yeah. No, that's fine. So we, we've seen, like, a communication box. Um, With the Sion in Rhythm yeah, of War? Yeah. yeah. Is that also in this book? No, that was just a radio. Okay. <laughs> that was just, they just have a radio for some reason. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I was like, maybe the, uh, I don't know, maybe the way the graphic audio is kind of, like, mm, wording it. Maybe it I was just tuning like out it. every now and then. Yeah, I was like, oh, just this communication box. And I'm I like... Think- at some point, Harmony's like, yeah, you guys were supposed to have that years ago, and you just didn't. Like, yeah. He's like, that's okay. the radio, you moron. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know that? Yeah, you hey, should. Maybe, maybe the way that they developed the technology to create the radio is yeah. that is literally a seon inside It'd be crazy. Radio. What, no, if, just, what if, though? Hold on. Theory time. 
what if it's the well, Saiyan? Isn't that? Uh, I don't think that's what's happening there, but <laughs> I do think that is maybe that's how fucking like Stormlight goes about that. Because Sanderson yeah. has said like we're gonna see more traditional technology on Scadrial and more magic technology in on Roshar. Yeah. So like I could totally ro- see Roshar's version of the radio being a Saiyan in a box. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, think with Scadrial, maybe... it's just like. <laughs> It's just Harmony's like talking to Wax and he's like, yeah, you idiot. You guys were supposed to have that already. Yeah. Now only yeah. the bad guys do. Do you see how <laughs> yeah. fucked we are? Like, it's, it's fun to think, though, that maybe there yeah. was just someone on Scadrial who saw someone using one of those boxes with the Saiyans and, and then they were, they were inspired. And so yeah. they were like, I want to communicate to somebody through a little box. And yeah. made, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I can't wait to find out what happens um, yeah. with the future of the Cosmere. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much joining us on this on this uh this road to the lost metal i i hope you guys enjoy the book we'll be back i mean i really don't know when we're gonna talk about the lost metal um (laughs) i don't know if we're gonna try to do it at like the beginning of december or if we're gonna blast through the book and go no we need to talk about this Mm -hmm. but you will hear us at some point within the next month talking about the lost metal yeah uh yep uh i'm on twitter sean underscore afk the podcast is on twitter at speak the words email us to speak the words asp uh speak the words as if i can say it speak the words asp at gmail.com uh and uh cover art is done by good friend alks at alks underscore big boy on twitter all the links that you need are in the description we'll see you guys next time for the lost metal